Okay, so if you don't mind just introducing yourself to the people, letting them know who you are, what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Constance Jones, and I'm the main anchor at the ABC affiliate in Richmond, Virginia. Okay, amazing. And I did want to talk to you about, um, you know, obviously what you do, but primarily I do want to dive into how, uh, developing people skills, like understanding how to, um, excuse me, how to communicate efficiently and how to genuinely be sort of interested in the people you're communicating with or the stories that you're kind of highlighting uh, within the community, if we could talk about that. Yeah, you know, uh, I worked in TV news for 16 years. And so, um, you know, obviously a lot of people like the excitement of being on TV and being in front of the camera and all the glamour that they think it brings. Uh, but to be a good journalist, you have to really be connected to the community and connected to the concerns of the community. That means you should be uh, involved and understand uh, the responsibility you have as a uh, as a journalist. So early on in the business, I quickly learned to uh, stop talking and be quick to listen to what was happening around me because in my 20s, I didn't, you know, you think you know everything, right? You know, you think you come out of college, you know, after your internships and your few small experiences. So you think you know the world, but you really don't. So that's probably one of the biggest things for any person in any industry is to uh, be a sponge and really listen in uh, to what's happening around you. And then you can make a, a better decision on how you handle different situations when they come your way. I think that's a really good point. And that's something that a lot of um, younger people tend to forget or overlook. And, you know, I'm fairly young as well. And I, I'm in the same category sometimes where in some instances, the desire to sound smart or to let the other person know that you have the information overtakes the desire and the ability to listen. So it's definitely something that does um, occur. And, you know, I'm curious to hear what you think is a, or what way, or what approach do you think is better in this regard? Like, how do you curate a better way of listening? I think, um, you know, knowledge is really important. And I think a lot of us don't invest after school, whatever your education might be after high school, vocationals, whatever it is, whatever your learning might be. A lot of us don't take the time to read um, or, or further ourselves about learning about the world around us. And I fall victim to that. I was quick to just like, let me jump on my career and move up quickly in my career. And I did by 25, I was working in a top market in Miami at the ABC affiliate. So I did work aggressively, uh, but doesn't mean I was a good reporter at all. Um, you know, people, you can move up quickly, but it doesn't mean that you're good at what you do, uh, which was definitely the case for me. Um, so um, I think learning and listening and really val taking the time to listen to people who have the stories of the community is important. And when you do that, you add more value to the team that you're serving. And it becomes very um, obvious that you are a value because you know things. Uh, you, you know, people who talk a lot, uh, oftentimes they have nothing to say. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, becomes, it becomes obvious when you're in a group uh, at, at a dinner party or wherever you're at and someone who just keeps talking about things they don't know, it's obvious and they sound stupid. Right. So you never want to be that person. 
So um, I think just my own experiences, I was that person. I would say I was a stupid one. I wasn't reading the newspaper every day. I wasn't reading books beyond what I learned in college. I wasn't really making an effort to have mentors and learn from people who had already taken the steps that I was trying to take. So I think that's essential for any kind of success is to really take some time to uh, learn and keep learning. I think that's very well said. And one of the things you um, pointed out were just, I think it's also, it's important to identify um, when you've sort of climbed up the hierarchy um, based on your efforts and aggressive nature or whatever, maybe or your drive rather, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, it's important to identify, in my opinion, that there's a lot of learning that comes with it. And I think you highlighted that very well. And, you know, when it comes to mentors, we have a lot of people on social media that are targeting young entrepreneurs and providing, in air quotes, mentorship. And I'm curious to hear your opinion on that and, you know, what direction you think these young entrepreneurs should steer. Um, it's, it's interesting because along with being a broadcaster, I was also an entrepreneur. I started a business on Etsy uh, when Etsy first started, like mm -hmm. back in 08, 09. And I was making way more money selling items on Etsy um, before anything I was doing on TV news as a news anchor. And that was like really the uh, new frontier in electronic sales. So I didn't really have anyone to look up to um, at that time when I was trying to figure out how to do it. Um, but I think nowadays while people are trying to find someone to look up to and and oh, let me follow this person. Oh, this person's doing this and that. I think you have to really get focused on yourself and what is it that you need to do for yourself first before you go and, and start following all these people. Cause I follow a lot of people too. Like I, it's fun to follow people's adventures, people who seem to have made it, people who seem to be living this life and be doing well. Most people do not broadcast their failures or the things they're really going through. And anyone who's had any level of success uh, definitely has gone through some hardships. So I think to get through those hard periods, you have to really get to know yourself uh, first before you aggressively go after following people as mentors. Um, and once you have a sense of what your dreams are and what you really want to do, what kind of business you want to have, what kind of career you want to have, then you find mentors within those fields, right? So it doesn't make sense for me to follow some random person who's like, oh, wake up every morning and this is your morning routine and you go do this and that. You should really get focused on first what you want to be and then find people in that industry um, that has already taken those steps and try to emulate them, try to reach out to them, read what they've written of it, right. read their tweets. You know, there's there's a lot of content out there. When I started, there was the, the social media wasn't available. There's so much available out there where you can follow people's steps. People have LinkedIn accounts. You can see what people, where people started in their career. Right. Just look at their resume online. That wasn't available, you know, 10 years ago. So that's what I would recommend. That's really true. And uh, it's also kind of interesting that within the sort of competitive nature of putting stuff out, we see the quality of content improving. So, you know, 10 years ago, someone could get away with uh, watered down sort of information or value that they were putting out. But since everyone's trying to put out better and better value to be, you know, to get the attention, to get the market share, we see just the overall increase in the value that's being provided or the quality of the value that's being provided. And um, I think you, you're absolutely right in terms of, you know, tracking um, 
the people that are in the industry that you want to be in. But I think it's also equally important to identify how to filter through the information because we have a lot of information. But it, in my opinion, it's more important to learn how to filter through the information rather than、um, just consuming it and you know, trying different things. Because, I mean, I don't know, like, there's kind of a push that you know, it's never too late and we have a lot of time and it's a long sort of journey. But you, know, you have to have a sense of urgency as well to at 25 do what you did and accomplish what you did. So, If we could talk about that, you know, provide some sort of a different perspective than、uh, what's being pushed. Yeah.、Um, I, my industry is slightly different because I'm, I'm in broadcasting in front of the camera and I'm a woman in front of the camera. So I do have a, a, a timer on how long my career is. Unfortunately, that's just what society is. And unfortunately for women, it's, it's difficult. So I keep that in the back of my head.、Um, I'm married. Um, there's also other considerations if you want to have children. I mean, these are all things, milestones in life that you have to consider that at maybe 22, 23, even 26, you may not be thinking about, right?、Um, so you do have to have a rough outline of what you may want in your life,、uh, what it is that、um, you think would bring you happiness. If you want to be married,、uh, you have to kind of think about that. I have a lot of girlfriends now, I'm walking into my 40s. Um, and they were so gun ho on their career and had tremendous career success. But now, as they're getting older,、um, it, it's and they've had a great career success and they're still having great career success. They're trying to figure out how to date, you know? And so I think success in life and trying to get to wherever it is you want to go,、uh, I think first comes with having a basic blueprint of what you're wanting. You know, I, I wanted to be married, there's certain areas that I wanted to live. There's certain freedoms that I definitely wanted in my career.、Um, and so, along with that, how do I get there? So, yeah, you work with that passion. When you realize you have so much time,、um, and in TV, we work in TV contracts. So, I know I have like a term of a year and a half here, or、okay. uh, six months here. I was working on a pilot when I was in Miami. I had, you know, I had to wait through pilot season. Like, so time just keeps ticking away, and the older and older I get, and my husband's trying to make choices in his life. So,、um, you, should, you should have a plan, a blueprint, an outline, because before you know it, yeah, you're going to be walking into your 40s and your 50s, and nothing wrong with that. But, but I, like, I feel like 25 was two minutes ago, but it wasn't. You know, it was, it was a minute ago, and things disappear quickly. So, you have to invest in yourself and make sure you're, you're making the right decisions、uh, to get you on the path that you want, the goal, your ultimate goal of what you're wanting in your career, in your life. That makes sense. And、um, my mom is kind of a similar way in which she you know, really mapped out all the things that she wanted, apart,、um, or aside from the career choices and you know, climbing up the sort of corporate ladder, whatever it may be. There's all these other things that act as,、um, that shouldn't be. In my opinion, shouldn't be supplements. They should be kind of mixed in the priority bag. You know what I mean? Like, it's not oftentimes people only view、um, or they only make one thing their priority, which is, you know, I just want to make X amount of money. I want to make more money than the people I went to high school with. So, you know, when, when we have that conversation or went to college with or whatever, I want to be higher on the hierarchy than these people. And then that becomes their driving factor. It becomes external. It's not really you know, internal. It's not really what do I want to do, what makes me happy. And、um, 
you know, it, I, I do want to ask you about your career choice. Was this something that you were interested in or was it something you saw opportunity in? Um, I was interested in uh, newspaper journalism when I was in high school. So this has always been uh, like a dream of mine since I was a kid. It evolved from there into radio. I did some radio work through college and um, I looked into TV broadcasting in college. I did an internship with Dan Rather uh, with the CBS Evening News and that got me in New York City. And, and from there, a lot of doors just began to open in my career. But I've always been interested in telling stories. Uh, I've always been someone with a little bit of a, gossip is the wrong word, but I like to know what's going on. And I like to be right. informed on what's going on. So I think I've always been a little bit of an investigator since I was a kid. And so, yeah, that's what kind of got me on my path. I went to the Dan Rather School of Communications. I did multiple internships. And like many people in the TV business, you start in a small market, then you work your way up. So I aggressively worked my way up by going to communication conferences, by networking, you know, all the stuff you hear about. Because um, I, I was told that you want to get to the top market as quickly as possible. And I did. Uh, but within the market, I spent nine years working in Miami. Uh, but I was really like a hamster in the wheel. When I got, when I finally got to the market I wanted to be in, just aggressively working every day, and it really wasn't. Um, I had to reevaluate my goals, and which I did. Obviously, I'm now in Richmond, Virginia, where I'm now the evening anchor in, 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 a, in a role that um, is is better for me in, in the choices and the kind of stories that I want to tell. What was what would you say was the driving force behind this? Hmm. Okay, this answer probably isn't like something that is really profound, but there was a show called Murphy Brown years ago. And back then there weren't a lot of examples of like what you could do, but Murphy Brown was a really strong independent woman who was a TV news anchor. And I remember watching her like at six, five, six years old. I don't even, the show was really way too adult for a kid to watch. But I remember watching her thinking, wow, she is so amazing. She's so commanding. She was the main anchor of her show. Uh, they tried to bring back the show, I think, a few years ago. I think. Is it? Oh, so, okay, sorry. I was going to ask if it's reality or. or no, fiction. it's no re reality TV wasn't around. I mean, there was like real world, but it was a TV show about a news anchor. Uh, prior to that, there was a show called Mary Tyler Moore, but that was way before my time and probably eons before your time. There weren't a lot of opportunities really for what women could do way back when. And still, the idea of a news journalist uh, was that you could teach your news journalist, doctor, lawyer, like there's a few like very basic kind of roles, maybe not entrepreneur necessarily. Right. Um, and so from that show, I started being obsessed with Barbara Walters, who was with ABC News. Um, yeah, and that's just something that created that, that obsession as a child, uh, really fueled my, my interest in journalism um, to where I was writing for my high school newspaper. I was just doing everything I could to be a journalist. Um, that's where I am today. So that's amazing. You you kind of have had a linear path in, a, in some regard. Um, yeah, I mean, I've bounced around in my career. I haven't always done TV news. I got out the business. Well, while I was in Miami, I had gotten picked up for a TV show in LA. So I stayed in LA. We shot a pilot Oh wow! with Deion Sanders, who's a former professional uh, football player, uh, Bobby Bones who is a radio DJ, he won Dancing with the Stars, it's really big with country radio. 
um, and a British actress. So it was a really exciting adventure to go into that world. The show did not get picked up, but I spent time in LA with that whole, like auditioning and doing all of that. It was completely different than doing TV news, right? TV news, you read the news, you go to cover the stories, but I got picked up for the role for this, this show, this panel show, because of my experience with covering news. So outside of that, I did like some acting stuff, modeling stuff. I got, it was funny on my memories on Facebook. I remember I got reached out to, to be a housewife uh, in Atlanta, Atlanta housewives, um, oh. all sorts of like random. Yeah. <laughs> so my career has, I mean, I've been pretty linear in the sense that it's been TV. Um, and then I got out of TV actually about two years ago and worked as a public information officer for a district attorney. So that's the person who's like the spokesperson for um, an agency, like maybe the mayor of Houston, the mayor will speak, but there's someone who prepares the statements, Okay. gather the press conference, will make sure the media is prepared. So I did that in Miami. Um, and then we had the Parkland shooting, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with Nicholas Cruz. And um, it was a really crazy shooting where a kid came into the school and shot up the school. and. Uh, well over a dozen people, I think 20-something victims. This was about a year and a half ago, Parkland, Florida. So I had to cover the media for that, and I realized I was kind of on the wrong side of covering news. I didn't want to be the one on the side of like law enforcement or elected officials. I wanted to be a journalist again. So I went back into journalism. Long story, but yeah. No, but that that's different that's career steps, yeah. It's interesting because... Um... I feel like in this day and age, we have so many options and, you know, people can pursue whatever career path they, they choose to, but it's also equally important to be within the same category to really yeah. uh, gain some sort of mastery or get closer to gaining mastery in, you know, whatever you choose to do. And there's kind of an ongoing trend with people trying different things, which I'm not opposed to and, you know, I'm no one to speak against that. but. Um, people get caught up in that cycle of trying different things. They don't really pick one thing because of, um, I heard someone say this and it really made sense because as soon as um, some sort of, um, some sort of adversity comes their way, they kind of go to, the diff go to, go to a different route or pick something else and start from scratch because the, the first step of every category that you choose is gonna be easier than, you know, step five of X yeah. category. and. Yeah. That, that's such a good point. I, I mentor a lot of journalists in, and um, in the business, especially now, like dealing with um, COVID, dealing with protests, dealing with political issues. Uh, I get a lot of hate mail. I get a lot of really disgusting emails. I get a, just a lot, right? So anyone who's in front of a camera, oh, you're going to okay. be targeted. The... I'm sorry? Sorry, I was, I was wondering why, but then I realized because of the news. Yeah, yeah, the news. So you're in front of a camera. I, you know, I, I'm on front of the, in the TV for three, four hours a day. So I, I'm an easy target, right? So um, if I give an opinion or if I say something or something as stupid as my lipstick color, but people can have an opinion and it can be overwhelming for journalists who are trying to get into the business. And so oftentimes they just give up. Most journalists don't last past five years because they can't get past uh, people's opinions of them. And you have to really have a sense of who you are. Um, or people want to move up quickly. Um, and it takes, I mean, when I say 16, I, I probably say 16 years in the business because I earned my right to jump out the business after like year 14. I, right. I, I tried, I worked with politicians and I didn't like that. And I got back in 
but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had less than five years experience. Like, I don't think anyone would have taken me seriously to bring me back into a leadership position in a newsroom. So a lot of, I don't want to say millennials, a lot of people who feel like they're, they get in their feelings about how they're treated in a, in a workplace situation. You have to think about your personal goals, not, not about who's around you. If you leave this job, what does your resume look like? That you were there for four months, you were there for a year, you know, like you, that, that's extremely important. If you're looking to, if you want to be an entrepreneur, that's great. And that's always a fantastic option, but it's also good to build up your, your professional working experience. And if you can't hold a job for longer than a year or two, that is a huge red, red flag. Always a red flag. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I kind of take pride in managing uh, the various different things that I do. And, you know, I have a lot of friends in this space, in the entrepreneurship world that are there, that have, um, dove in that have dove in all or they're all into their ventures and you know i respect that to a certain degree but i also try to emphasize the importance of you know staying in school finishing your degree having sort of a job in the industry that you do want to be in eventually and then doing your side hustle side business whatever you have going on because you never know and you know you could be all in you could burn out in two years get tired of whatever you're doing not see results there's so many variables and then you have to start from scratch. Like you have to, you're gonna be doing what, you know, everyone else kind of has to go through. So you have to pay your dues in that respect. But one of the things you pointed out was getting over um, the perception of other people and not really valuing it. And I do want to discuss that. I feel like it's super important in this day and age where, you know, with social media, everyone's valuing each other's comments and perception and they want to put the best of the best out. and. You know, we uh, in the beginning of this, we also talked about not highlighting the failures because no one wants to be looked at as, you know, I, I took a step back so I could reevaluate, recalculate, and then take a few steps forward. So, you know, I want to hear your thoughts on how to not care about what other people think. And I'll say, and I think you do a great job uh, with adding, your social media is great. I mean, when you first reach out to me, I'm like, okay, let me look at his social media page and see what kind of, you know, what his portfolio is, right? Like, so we, we can't ignore how important Instagram and Twitter and all those, um, all those, those channels are. They're super important for people to learn about you. And it's a great way to share about your personality and what, what's important to you, what you value. Um, but that can't be everything, right? So that can't be your all. Uh, and so if all of your worth comes from a like on a picture or people's reaction to what you're posting or what's on your story, what's on Facebook Live, whatever, whatever your thing, YouTube, whatever it is, if your worth is in that and you don't have a life outside of this virtual world, um, something will happen and try, multiple things have happened. I've been in blogs. You Google my name. I wouldn't recommend it, but if you Google my name, there are multiple blogs about me. There are multiple negative posts about me. There, there's false information about me that's out there. And it's devastating because it's it's not, it's it's hurtful. And so people use social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter to attack me or attack whoever. And that can really uh, derail you when it comes to the ultimate goal of what your, what your plans are for your career, right? In addition to these random people talking to you, you have to be on social because you have to be out there to market yourself, right? You absolutely have to have an Instagram account. You can't just not do it. Um, but it opens the door for people to critique you, for people to, to say ugly comments. 
So I think you have to have a balance and limit your time on social. Like I definitely allow myself only a certain amount of time because even if my Instagram is a part of my job performance, so my boss looks to see how well my posts do. Uh, and that's very common for anyone on um, any social media, anyone working in media. Our Twitter accounts are essential. Um, they have this leaderboard in our newsrooms that shows how well we're performing on social um, because we have we reach more people digitally than we do on the TV screens now, right? right. Um, which is, that's commonplace, but that was really a novel idea five years ago. Um, but that opens the door for further critiques and really you feeling bad if you don't get good reaction to a post, um, but you just have to have a balance. You have to separate your time away from social. One tip I do on Instagram, I feel like Instagram is a really good platform for me, but I can get wrapped up in it. I start looking at other people and what they're doing and where they're at. Mm -hmm. I have multiple Instagram accounts so I can, um, so I can focus my attention elsewhere. So I don't know if you, you know what I mean. So like you can start up separate Instagram accounts. And um, so here's my page. Hope you guys follow me. It's Constance Jones TV, right? But um, I also have set up other pages like for, I don't know. I have one page that's just dedicated to food. So everyone on my feed is food, okay? So th there's no other people that I'm competing with or trying to learn from. It's just food. It's like sweet pictures. It's little babies, right? So I, I when I'm done posting and interacting on my Constance Jones page, which is my professional page, I will, I will immediately go to another account so I don't see other things. So my right. mom doesn't get wrapped up. I switch it. Does that make sense? Yeah, you've curated a specific page of all the things you want to see when you're done with, um, when you're done with the normal, I guess. When I'm done with like, cause I really see this as my work page. And then when I get off my work page, I'll go look at my food page. Or I'll go look at my, I love to crochet. I have a crochet like feed, like a, like you said, just a, a, a tailored feed on what I, what I like on Instagram. That's amazing. It's valuable. You know, you gotta be on social media, but I can't read everything that people say. Cause it'll, it'll I, I would be out of the business completely for sure. <laughs> It's definitely time consuming and, you know, some people are, some people sort of aim to make social media their career. And, you know, while I have respect for that, I also uh, agree with your point of um, living in the real world, like building some sort of identity and, you know, doing what you do on social media in the real world, meaning connecting with people you know, going to events, obviously we can't do that right now, but whenever we can, I think it's really important to just embed yourself in the culture of the city, you know, know everyone that's around you, um, if you want to be that person. Because if you're doing it on social, it's it's easy to be anonymous, kind of anonymous, and not have, you know, that level of vulnerability that's being expressed when it comes to interactions that are, you know, face-to-face -face or something like this, where you open yourself up to people, let them know your true personality, <clears throat> let them, you know, see your flaws and let them see you for who you are. And that's something that's missing because these people that try to live in that world and make, make an image out of themselves um, often, ha often don't develop that real sort of personality. You're, you know, uh, I mentioned the journalism conferences that I go to um, and I'll, I'll find journalists on social media to follow and you know there's always a joke like you don't look 
someone will say you don't look like the pictures you post on social and you never don't want to look like <laughs> when i meet you face to face and i'm like um did you edit your waist and this or that or did, are you editing your face um you can you can edit your conversations your captions it, it's not real time and the only way to get better with that is interactions, like you said, you know, and I think it's great that you're having these candid conversations with people. There's no editing, right? Like there's no, no it's what my hair, it's not like I'm in the studio. I can make sure my hair is perfect and I have a script in front of me so I can say the right things. Um, it, it'll be very obvious that when you come in contact with people and your life is on social, you're not gonna be able to handle conversations. You're just right. not. You know, and you're not gonna, because there's other people who are not spending their entire life on social, on Instagram, on Twitter, having these, you know, fake conversations. They're, they're important, but I think, you know, nothing beats face-to-face -face interactions and reactions to things, you know, it's completely different. I definitely agree. And uh, just to close out, it, it um, I did kind of notice, well, hold on. I completely forgot what I was gonna say, but it was like a, it was it was regarding um, the topic that we were talking about. But it was like people that don't develop. Wow, I completely forgot what I was gonna say. Um, well, I would say one thing I learned later in my life, and and as I'll just reiterate this because I imagine your audience is is are people who are trying to get better and to grow. Reading is important, so important. I was so caught up in just trying to move ahead in my career and make money. Money will come, but just having basic knowledge of things in the world, being up to date, you know, I, I, I cannot emphasize the importance of reading. No, that sounds very basic, right? You learn that in second grade. Reading is fundamental, but I think most, most people don't take the time to read every day. Um, and reading things that are maybe um, not what's comfortable for you. I was spending time reading like sci-fi. My husband loves sci-fi. That's not really my world, um, but it allowed me to open my mind to different things. I spent some time studying botany um, and just things that I normally wouldn't. Right. But I think reading is so under, people don't emphasize the importance that yeah, you hustle, you get up, you go to the gym and all that. Read, just read, please read. That's I definitely great. agree. Are I you a fan so of Audible? I, I have actually, I, I don't have Audible because with my library, I have, um, what is it called? I wanna make sure I get it correct. It's free if you have a library card, it's called Libby. So Libby has hundreds of free Audible books if you have a library card. Uh, and so I use Libby. I don't That's do awesome. Audible. Well, we like, I do audiobooks in the car. Sorry, um, I was gonna say, Audible is one of our sponsors and um, <laughs> so, um, I was um, I was basically going to segue that into, you know, Audible is a great way of consuming information while you're on the move and, you know, you're going from point A to point B and, but it does tie into like the passive audio consumption uh, world that we sort of, we're transitioning to where you can do your primary task and consume information and whenever you get to a point that like catches your attention, you could then make the audio consumption your primary task and um, it makes it easier to consume information in sort of a, a you know, multitask manner. So, but anyway, I really appreciate your time and um, please feel free to let the people know where they can find you on social media and anything else that you uh, wanna promote. Yeah, I'm on social, like I mentioned, um, Instagram at Constance Jones TV. 
uh, Twitter, uh, Constance 8 News. It's my TV Twitter account. I'm on Facebook, uh, TikTok, um, Constance Jones TV. So pretty easy to find. And yeah, send me a message. I always reply back. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. This is fun. <laughs>